Decide for yourself that you want to show up for yourself and make that change. It takes a lot of that self-talk and like reminding your brain, like, this is okay. Consistency is better than perfection. And I think over time, you prove it to yourself that you can just be consistent, not perfect, and still get results. You are not Sally down the street. Like embrace your own self and your own body and learn to love yourself because that's how you're ultimately going to have the most success. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. If you are new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton, and man, am I pumped for you to be here for today's episode because I wanted to bring a special guest on here and specifically talk to the busy moms who listen to the show because I am not a busy mom, even though, yeah, we, we predominantly coach a lot of busy moms. I just thought it would be a little bit more relatable and a little bit better for you if I actually brought on um, someone who is a busy mom themselves, who not only have created results for other clients um, and who has done this through themselves. I just think it would be really, really uh, relatable and such a good idea. And I think you get a lot of value from it. So today we are talking to all the busy moms that listen to the show. And I'm talking about like, like those of you who have the goals that you want to, that you want to achieve. You're trying to lose the weight. You're trying to feel better, but life just seems to be drowning you in chaos. I'm talking about like the kids, the husband work, the dog, like everything where it's like, you just feel like you can't make it and not quite sure how to make all this happen. Um, and you just feel kind of trapped and just drowning by life and mom life. That's who we're talking to in today's episode. So um, I got my, uh, our actual, she's our newest coach. She um, just joined the team. Um, I had coach Sydney come on board and she is crushing it. She's doing so well. And she is such an amazing asset to the team now. Um, and she is just doing super well inside our coaching program. So I wanted to have her come on and tell a little bit about her story because Sydney's got a little bit of a different story. She has like three kids and she's gone through this game herself. She used to weigh upwards of like 300 pounds. And then now she coaches people and it's like, it's such a crazy whirlwind of how she went from, you know, weighing, weighing almost 300 pounds, struggling with binge eating and the whole nine yards to now she's a fitness professional. She was, who has transformed her life and transforms other people's lives and is in the trenches coaching people. And it's just the coolest thing ever. And I just saw there's so much value. And I think her story would resonate with so many of you. So that's why I had her come onto the show. Now, before we get into all the goods, I did want to have a huge thank you to the sponsors of the show. Sponsor number one is Flex Pro Meals. And and I did not have any Flex Pro meals on my trip to Orlando. Um, I was in Orlando all week last week, and I did not have any with me. I didn't. I totally spaced on bringing them on uh, with me, so I did not have any. And fuck, I wish I did. Um, it would have been so much cheaper and so much easier, and I would have felt so much better. Um, so I didn't have to like eat out so much. But um, but definitely, if you are into having your food a little more streamlined, really really good tasting, made by a chef, but is also perfectly in line for all of your goals, where you don't have to think about the food side of this stuff, definitely go check out Flex Pro Meals. Um, if you use my code Hamilton Trained, you'll save like 20% at checkout, which is pretty dope. Um, either go to the link in the description or go to flexpromeals.com. And uh, I'm telling you guys, they are a game changer. I keep getting messages from people and clients and friends who have ordered them and they're just like, holy shit, this is amazing. So definitely check them out. Now, sponsor number two, which is First Form. I actually don't have a First Form shirt on today. I do have on a First Form hat, but Huge thank you to First Form for their love and support um, because when it comes to this game of nutrition and results and transformation, results are definitely not 
all predicated in supplements. But for most people, uh, they have a really hard time reaching everything they need to reach with just food alone. Most people are not eating enough fish to get omega benefits. Most people are not eating their, you know, six to eight servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Most people have a really hard time hitting enough protein to make their, them, them feel full and to recover well and to lose more weight and things like that. So if that's you and you are struggling to meet all of those things with, with normal food, um, you may consider going down the supplement route. Um, but I just want to make sure that your money is going to the right places. I want to make sure that you're getting the quality that you are being told. I want to make sure that you get the best stuff for the best results possible. So that's why I work with first form and it is the best thing ever. Um, and our clients love everything. So, um, definitely go check them out. I'll leave a link in the description as well. Um, that way I can make sure you're taken care of, but otherwise that is it for the sponsor section of the show. Now I cannot wait for you to get into this episode with myself and Sydney. I know you're going to get a lot of value out of it and I will talk to you soon. So I gave a little bit of an intro already. So a lot of people like I, I gave my little mini Jared synopsis, but before we get into all this stuff, um, give a little bit of background on like who you are and your story. Cause like, cause everyone knows that, that, that you are the newest addition to the coaching staff and things are going super well, but give a little bit of a background on who Sydney is and what got you kind of into this realm and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so like Jared said, my name is Sydney. Um, I live in Arizona. I have three kids and I, in addition to coaching, uh, work at an orthodontist office. Um, I, my whole story and journey kind of started, um, I was always kind of the bigger kid. Um, I developed a lot quicker than most people. And so I became very self-conscious about that. Um, my, I remember my mom dieted a lot. Um, and we always knew when she was on a diet because she was miserable and like our pantry was empty and had like nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remember I was thinking about that this this morning, actually, that, um, I remember when my mom would be on a diet and I was like, mom, if you were to die tomorrow, <laughs> like you were going to be so sad that you didn't have the piece of cake tonight. Like, why are you going to be miserable your whole life? You know? So that's kind of what I grew up around. I tried lots of crash diets, South Beach. I did like the Hollywood miracle diet, drink this juice for two days and you'll lose 10 pounds. Um, I did like just not eating, all kinds of things. And then in high school, I was a lot more active. I started dancing um, and I just kind of, you know, finished maturing and I lost a lot of weight naturally. Um, but then after getting married, I gained a ton back. Um, oh, really? after I had my, yeah, after I had my first son, um, or sorry. Yes. After I had my first son, <laughs> I was almost 300 pounds. <laughs> um, wow. and so, yeah. And then I didn't lose a ton after that. Um, I had my other daughter and then we had an office weight loss competition, which I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> but it ended up, it ended up working in my benefit because the worse everyone else did, the like harder I pushed myself. Cause I was like, well, then I'm not just going to win by default. Like I'm going to just crush all you. Um, I love and I lost almost so 80 much. pounds that year. Yeah. <laughs> like I am two all days about, in, like, they're like, <laughs> I want to spank uh, all of you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love two it. days in they're like, yeah, we're kind of just done. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep going. You know, my <laughs> boss bought us the uh, subscription to Beachbody On Demand. And so that's kind of where I started was getting that movement in because for me, it was easier to add that in than to like t 
take away the food, right? Um, and so that's kind of where I was like, okay, I'm going to start exercising, moving my body until I like it. Um, and then once I'm comfortable with that to where if I don't do it, I miss it, then let's start attacking the food. Um, and when I was doing that, I just restricted my calories, was barely eating like 1,100 calories maybe, and just miserable all day. And then I'd get home and just binge, right? Because I was so hungry, sure. underfueling. Yeah. Um, and then I was introduced to macros and I was like, holy crap, you're telling me that I can eat anything I want <laughs> if I stay within this like calorie range. And I, it was awesome. And like, one of my favorite things is like the shock factor of, yeah, I'm on a diet, but I'm also eating a Snickers bar. And they're yeah. like, what? There's like, no way. People yep. get so con- like, that's not possible, but it totally is, you know? Sure. Um, but I think that there's really that fine balance because when I did count macros, I kind of fell on the other end of crazy to where I would eat like spoonfuls of coconut oil if I needed like to get a couple more oh, grams wow. of fat, but nothing else sure. in, right? So that became super, super restrictive because I would not allow myself to eat anything unless I weighed it, unless I tracked it, which was a totally the other side of the mental part, sure. right? Where I took it to way too far. Um, and so by, you know, following you and a few others and learning um, and studying, that's where I'm like, all right, let's track protein. Let's track calories. We're golden. Did you ever think like looking back, like you would go from like 300 pounds trendy dieter, restrictive as fuck, crazy, crazy person around weight loss to now like coach helping people heal the exact same thing you struggled with? Did you ever like think that would happen? Initially? No, I never thought like, you know, weight loss always seemed like this impossible thing. Like, um, my parents both still struggle with it. Um, and a lot of people in my family struggle with it. And so it just always seemed like impossible because you can't stick to these fad diets, you know, like who wants to live their life like that? And so really learning that tracking and moving was just so like eye opening for me. Like, I don't like to admit this, but there were days where Halo Top ice cream, I would eat a whole pint of that crap because it failed in my calories. So why not? You know, and I still lost weight. So, um, but yeah, it's been a very, very good transition. And I think like, um, about a year ago, I was like, I totally could do this and help other people and just be able to share my story and do the same thing for others. You know, I did it on my own and I would have been able to do it a lot quicker and learn a lot sooner had I hired a coach and worked with somebody. But I just jumped in the trenches and figured it out. I love it. I love it. And that's the thing is I think there's a level of relatability that not a lot of people can have. Like, that's why, like, like I wanted to do the podcast today on, on talking about a basically a busy mom's guide to weight loss, because, um, like I could, I can say all the things, but I'm not a busy mom. I'm a busy Jared, but like, it's different. I don't, (laughs) my kids, I can throw in a cage or, or give a full bowl of food and leave the house for six hours. Like it's, it's a different gambit. So, um, but for someone who's in the trenches with that on the day to day, but then also 
from the experience of like, you've, you've been there, you've been 300 pounds, you've been the, on both sides of the equation where you're struggling, overeating, binge eating the whole nine yards, but then also found fitness, found weight loss, found numbers, and then went almost too compulsive on that side. And I feel like that's where most people fall. Either they're like a slave to the food scale, a slave to calories, or they're a slave to binge eating. And it's like, where is this middle ground? And on top of it, trying to juggle mom life and kid life and spouse life and social life. So, um, I'm curious. So from your perspective, like where do people go wrong? Like where do, like you see most moms who are busy, crazy with their day to day with all the other mom responsibilities, but they're like, fuck, I have to get my shit in check. Where do you see most people go wrong? I think a lot of moms in particular have a lot of that mom guilt, right? So they don't, they give all of their time to their kids and their family and they don't carve like that specific time for them. But if as a mom, if you don't take that time for yourself, you're going to run out of things to even give, right? If you just keep giving from your bucket, but not filling your own, you're going to run out and not be able to fill others. And so that was something that I definitely struggled with at first was, you know, taking that hour away from my kids or husband or whatever, and using it to work out at first, I felt really selfish. Um, and I was like, no, this is what I need to do. This is something that helps, um, me be healthy so I can be around longer, you know? And so I think that's the number one thing is just letting go of that mom guilt. How did you, so I'm curious. So, uh, was, was it just for you a logical thing where you were like, okay, um, mom guilt, this doesn't logically make sense. I cannot be helpful if I'm not taken care of and poof, the guilt went away. Or was it a slow tech kind of thing? Was it like a, a friend of yours said like, Hey, go take care of yourself. Like where, how, how did you get rid of the guilt? Yeah. So we actually had, um, with my orthodontist office, a consultant come in and he's all about kind of switching those false beliefs that you have. Um, and so that's kind of where like my mindset transformation would came, I think, um, or started. Um, he's awesome. His name's Dino Watt, but, um, I think that that's kind of where I learned like, okay, it's okay to like stand up for yourself. It's okay to take mm. that time. Um, and it took a lot of like self-talk to like remind myself, you know, like this is what's best for your family, you know, in the long run, you have to take care of yourself. Um, but that's kind of where it, you know, first started and the light bulb started going off. Got it. I think, cause like, that's the thing I was, I was just speaking with someone actually this afternoon, um, um, someone, uh, one from one of the last like webinars or whatever, want to call with me. And, uh, she got really emotional because, um, she was feeling just the guilt around all of this with like, sounds like maybe some mom guilt, but then also the guilt of just struggling. And it's like, I shouldn't struggle. I'm doing all of the things. Um, and then I basically like looked at her in the face via zoom and I'm like, Hey, you had someone teaching you the, the equivalent of two plus two is 17. Like it's not your fault. You're struggling diet culture taught you wrong. So you hanging on to this guilt is not serving you. Um, I think that's a piece, not enough talk about myself included on like this guilt piece within the weight loss as like this cloud that kind of haunts you. Yeah. Yeah. That guilt and shame for sure can eat you alive. Is there any other like things that you've, that you've seen that can really help with the guilt side of things, especially like, um, from like the mom perspective, cause I, that, that's the one that I hear the most is most moms, even like on the phone will tell me that they feel so bad for the 45 minutes going to the gym or they feel bad prioritizing them or fuck even journaling for five minutes in the morning. They're like, no, that's time I should be spending with my kids. But 
for you, is there any, uh, is it, is it just like a logical thing? Is it like, Hey, no, you cannot help if you are not good. Or is there anything else along those lines? For me, I think it's mainly logical, but just like recognizing that I can show up as a better, like better mom, better partner, better friend for everybody if I take that time for myself, you know? And so I can do way more and be way more patient and kinder to my kids. And really the time that I do have with them um, is just a better experience versus when I'm tired, run down not healthy. And then I have that other guilt of I should be doing this, I should be doing that, right? When you're shooting all over yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> well, most people are in that the, a game of they can't win. Like if you, if you take time for yourself, you're a selfish fuck. But then if you don't take time for yourself. Now you're, t- now you're bringing a shitty version of you or a 10% version of you to your kids and life and work and job and everything. And then you feel guilty for that. I think most people, but moms specifically almost paint themselves into a corner where they can't win. It's no matter what out, uh, which outcome they, they lose. Yeah. And I think so much of it too, is with like social media nowadays, like there's just so much judgment. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to be wrong to somebody. So you might as well like figure out your plan, stick with it and do what's best for you. I will. I think this is kind of along those lines. Um, I think there's a lot of comparison um, in the world of social media with moms seeing these fitspo moms and they're the, in on Instagram. It looks like they have their life together. And, and then in reality, it's like, no, 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 that camera shuts off and there's a kid with like duct tape on his mouth. They're like, okay, you can let the kid, you can bring the rest of the kids out of the other room and all right, the dog, send the dog back in and 10 minutes later, the house is a wreck. Um, I'll see, you ever see those clips on like TikTok or Instagram of like the person the, it's like a compilation of them, their whole day to day. And half of it's like they're cleaning their house every day. Their sheets are ironed onto the bed. Like they're the perfect corners and the perfect routine. And I'm sitting there thinking like they're sprinkling cologne or perfume on the bed. Like they're in everything. It looks perfect. I can, every time I, I go to do it, I just, I, I see those and I'm like, I want to do at one of these and be like, no one does this. Like, I don't know a single person and I, ha- and I have a big network of a lot of really high achieving humans and I don't know a single person who does anything like that. And I would mm-hmm. bet if you followed those people around for a day in the life, they do that for a TikTok video. And then the rest of the week, their house is a fucking mess. But I think a lot of people look at social and they think, fuck, how does Jane Doe have it all together? And when it just isn't true. Yeah. Well, and I think that the moms that are, that you see like that on TikTok, you're right. They're either like that or they have help. They have nannies that they've hired. They have cleaners that they've hired. Like chefs. And all that I noise. don't have that crap, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. It's just us. Yeah. <laughs> so keep that in mind too, that not everyone is doing it. Like they're not the only person doing it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and that's the thing is I think also a lot of people just in general in the fitness space and weight loss space, a lot of people don't realize, let's say from a photo standpoint, a lot of people don't realize in that. Um, I had a buddy, actually a guy, not a super close friend by any means, but a guy that I met online an acquaintance, he was another coach. He would um, go do a, like a bodybuilding prep really, really hard for like one show or one photo shoot, take 700 pictures. And that's his Instagram feed for the next three years. And everyone thinks he looks like that 
all year round. And that, that happens across the board. We see all these, these moms and these people and these transformations. And a lot of people think like, how can I just be like her? And it's the Fitspo mom, but no one realizes she doesn't look like that all year round, that her house isn't that clean all year round. And it's just putting a a false standard that isn't appropriate. You know what I mean? Yep. Nope. For sure. For sure. So how would you suggest like moms can like to get, to get kind of tactical? Um, Let's say a mom is in that place of like, I either am trapped by the food scale. I am either trapped by the macros and everything being perfect, or I am a binge eating shit storm. So like, where do I even start? How does someone's free from your perspective, start getting structure and clarity around all of this? Yeah, I think, um, number one, like recognizing that that's what's going on, right? Don't live in this ignorance is bliss state. Um, and then like decide for yourself that you want to show up for yourself and make that change. Um, And it takes a lot of that self-talk and like reminding your brain, like, this is okay. You know, consistency is better than perfection. Um, And I think over time, you prove it to yourself, right? That you can just be consistent, not perfect, and still get results. Um, But I think talking to people, hiring a coach if you need to, um, those are the things to have that support, um, to have someone to bounce ideas off and really just go through. If you're following a bunch of like fitness people or coaches or whatever on Instagram, going through and like cleaning up your feed (laughs) and the people that make you feel like garbage because their life is perfect. Why are you following them? Yeah, Like don't compare yourself (laughs) to people like that. Like I went through and cleaned up a lot because I'm like, I don't like what they're saying. Like it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't go along with my goals. Yeah, no, that's good. I still do that. I'll still be scrolling like, how the fuck did I follow this person? Or or their messaging changed. That's the thing is a lot of times coaches messaging, it changes completely. Um, I had a message the other day. Someone did that to me. They're like, um, they they liked what I posted three years ago and they don't like the content I post now. And I'm like, okay, respect. Bye. Like, we're not a plane. We don't have to, to announce our departure. But uh, exactly. <laughs> but but I think I think that's a big one. Um, I think also simplifying is a big piece. Like like the fact that I think most this is not just a mom thing, but this is a everyone in general. I think most people overestimate what they have to do, and it's why they feel like they need to be tracking like all the macros, doing all the workouts, having the perfect morning routine, having doing all the classes, all the yoga, all the whatever. And I think we just need to take a step back. You know. Yes. Just start off with those small habits, right? You don't need to go from like never doing anything, never tracking a calorie in your life to like tracking every single calorie, every single step. (laughs) Yeah. Like let's take baby steps. And like I said, for me, it was easier to add that like movement in than to like break up with the food because that was going to be a bigger battle for me and I knew it. And so just kind of going through and like, evaluating yourself and be honest with yourself. There's no wrong or right answer. It just is. And that's okay. Um, And as long as you're doing something to move forward, then that's what you need to do. Yeah. Then you're good. Like, I think, I think that's huge. Like back when you were starting that it was your question because you knew that the food stuff was going to be a way bigger hurdle. So you said, I'm just going to start with movement because it was at that time, it was what's the most sustainable logical step that you can execute mm-hmm. on. 
right? And I think yep. if most people looked at everything through that lens, most struggles would start to go away. But most people don't do that. They go, well, Karen lost weight on the 21-day fix. Or Sarah lost like 30 pounds in 30 days at the weight loss office challenge. So I think I should do that versus a lot of people, if they go, what what just has the least amount of friction? That's one of the, like, one of the things that we talk about in coaching a lot is like if you had like this big Venn diagram of like the two, two circles intersecting where it's like what has the greatest ROI but the least amount of friction, right? So back in the day, Sydney, for you, that was just walking, right? That's that, that yep. did a shit ton of, made a shit ton of progress, but it was also like almost easy versus mm -hmm. like food may have had a bigger ROI, but it had it, the, the least amount of friction was, was not there, but asking yourself what has the greatest ROI, but the least amount of friction. And that's going to be different for every person. Yep. For sure. It's all, it's so individual. And I think that's the other thing too, is like, just stay in your lane. Don't let that extra noise that you're hearing, like sway you one way or the other, make your decision and do it. If you need help, go ahead and ask for help, but you're going to get so much unsolicited weight loss advice. <laughs> and most of it is crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I always tell people, mind your fucking business. Mm -hmm. like, like that's one of the things I used to post about more. Um, and I said, unless you're paying their bills, walking their dog and feeding their family, their weight loss journey is none of your fucking business whatsoever. Exactly. Well, and everyone's a different person. Everyone's genetics are different. You know, like you are not Sally down the street. You're, you are who you are. And so instead of just sitting and like wishing that you looked like Sally down the street, like embrace your own self and your own body and learn to love yourself because that's how you're ultimately going to have the most success. Yeah. I mean, sustainability is different for everybody. Not just like, I mean, every piece of this is totally in of one, right? It's um, what's sustainable for one person, like is what's ROI positive for you is going to be different. What's our different, what's different than ROI positive for Jane versus genetics versus lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like for some person that's already walking, like let's say someone is a, is a male, uh, is a, is a mailman. Well, walking may not be ROI positive because they already do it every fucking day, right? For them, it may be, well, what do I eat on my lunch every day? Well, maybe I shouldn't have three Whoppers or three Big Macs every day with a large Coke. Maybe that would be switching to a diet Coke, maybe more ROI positive for, for Jane, the mail, the mail carrier, because she already walks a, a million steps a day. But this is why I think everyone needs to just mind their fucking business and stay in their own lane and look at them, their own selves. For sure. For sure. Now, as far as let's say going a step past that, like if someone's like, okay, I think I want to start moving where, where do you th think people should start? Is it, should we dive into strength training? Should we dive into walking a little bit of both? Where are your thoughts on, on that for moms that are like, okay, my day's busy. I still do sh crazy amounts of stuff with kids. I don't even know where to start with movement. Where would, where would you start most people? Yeah. So, um, strength training for sure. Um, is awesome. If you can't get to the gym, there's awesome things on Amazon that are relatively cheap that you can bring to Absolutely. your house. But if you, if you're not even interested in strength training, I mean, let's do something, something's going to be better than nothing, but realize that you're only going to be able to progress so far. If you only stick with this, if you only stick with walking, right. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's fine if that's where you want to stay, but if you want to actually change your body, it's going to be a combination of that strength training and dieting. Yeah, totally. Now, because you started with walking and then you progressed. How, how, how did that, how was that transition for you? Did you go from walking back in the day and then right into the gym or did you go at home or how did that go out for you? Yep. So I did like walking first and then I got that subscription to Beachbody on demand and I did like 
their Pio Pilates there yoga or something. <laughs> and then like one of the other like strength training. So then once I started like lifting at home a little bit and I realized like, okay, I can do more than this. Then that's when I like bit the bullet, got a gym membership. And it was so uncomfortable at first because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I'd like make up crap on the fly. And I did that for almost a year and then COVID hit. Um, and I ended up actually during COVID having a miscarriage. And so that was really, really hard to sure. recover from. Um, but I had another baby, so we are very, there very blessed. Um, but like even I started at Planet Fitness and then I realized that like that's kind of where I I outgrew that. And so I moved to the next gym. And I always remember like feeling intimidated, like even though I'd been going to the gym for a year, you know, going to the next gym, I felt intimidated. And there's still days I show up and feel a little bit intimidated. But sure. the important thing is that you just you just keep showing up and realize that people in the gym don't care what you're doing. They're just looking at their muscles in the mirror. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell, the, the last gym I went to, uh, that before the, the one I go to now, it was a powerlifting gym. I was over, like, I was, I remember I was doing like a bent over row and there was a gentleman on this, on the deadlift platform. And I overheard him. He says, yeah, I'm getting ready for worlds next year. So it's a light day. Motherfucker had 600 pounds on the bar and was ripping it off the ground. Like, like it was effortless And there. I'm with like my 50 pound dumbbells doing bent over rows. And in that moment, I'm like, fuck, I, like, I don't want him to look over here and look at me doing my bullshit when he's lifting that. But, but you know what? But even in that moment, he doesn't give a fuck what I'm doing. He's worried about his 600 pound bar in his world's event. He doesn't care about this dude over here. He doesn't even know his name. But I think the, the big takeaway everyone listening needs to hear with like your story about how you progressed is it wasn't perfect. And it was what was appropriate in that moment. Cause let me ask you this. When you were at your heaviest and you started walking, if, if, if someone said, no, the only way to make progress is go to a commercial gym, would you have gone to a commercial gym in that moment? No, there's no way. Right. So I think that the big takeaway for people listening isn't to just like mimic what you did. Like, okay, Sydney walked, then she did at home programs. Then she went to the gym. It's like, no, no, no. Right now, what is what has the biggest ROI and the least amount of friction? What can you do that's like the easiest first step? Because like you said, you wouldn't have gone straight from you at your heaviest to the gym. When I first started back when I was like a teenager, um, ironically, I started with beach body as well. I wanted to look like the P90X guys. So yeah. <laughs> I bought P90X and I ran the entire 12 week program, um, and got pretty okay results. And then I was personally still so intimidated to go to the gym that I, uh, I took duct tape because you got like a booklet. It wasn't just like the DVDs. It was like a booklet. I took duct tape and covered the, the, the cover of the P90X book. And then I would like sneakily go into the gym and open my book and like, okay, they said do pushups. I'm going to do a chest press. Cool. And they'd be like band overhead press band. Uh, I'll do a dumbbell overhead press. So I would just still went to the gym. I was still intimidated, but I was embarrassed. Even I didn't want anyone knowing I was looking at a P90X book. So I covered it and I was going through it like that. And then one thing led to another. Then I got more comfortable. Like exposure therapy is a thing like for those listening. Um, for sure. I think the biggest piece of this though is to just do what's practical for you and then you will evolve inevitably from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll get more more and more comfortable with whatever you're doing and you'll feel it when you're ready for that next. You'll know when you're ready. You'll feel like, okay, I've kind of outgrown this. What's the next step? And I think a lot of people too, I was intimidated by the gym because I thought I had to go to the gym and just 
do cardio and beat myself up. Like I didn't even consider strength training as an option. Um, and so you don't have to go do cardio and beat yourself <laughs> up on the treadmill. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think it's one of those things that I think a lot of people have these unrealistic expectations out the gate, but I think they also have this, I'm just going to say an ignorant view on how to go about this. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I'm meaning it as a lot of people's information is just wrong. Like, excuse me, like if, if someone's kid, if your kid was taught two plus two is 17, it's not their fault. They struggle with math, but most people, even though it's 2023, still feel like they have to do cardio to burn fat. They shouldn't, women shouldn't touch weights or they'll look like, you know, Mr. Olympia, um, that carb store fat, like the fact that it's 2023 and those things are still prevalent just boggles my mind. It's crazy. But the fact that I think we just need to get into the culture of what's, what's a positive first step and what's okay. I did that for a long time. What's a positive next step. And then so on. Yep. So for you, let's talk about, um, a little bit kind of transition this conversation a little bit to like the harder mom days, because I always say like, we, we all talk about this inside coaching that like you, you just raise your floor. Your best days are already good enough. Like on a, what I would call a good day is like, you're, you're, you're doing the stuff. The kids are behaving. Um, you're eating right. You're moving, you're doing all the things. So like, I'm less concerned about someone's best day getting better, but, um, just with the the women in my life, the moms in my life, like a bad mom day, like I don't know how y'all do it. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like when all the kids are being terrorists, the TV's getting broken, the dog's shitting on the floor, um, things are f- going left and right, bills are pulling, food isn't made, like that's a lot. So how would you suggest like moms navigate their goals on those days? Well, that whole scenario – Minus the TV getting broken, literally happened like right before Christmas. I like got off work early. I'm like, we're going to have a killer night. I'm going to go home and make like a delicious meal. I walk in, my dog in the kennel had like barfed and pooped everywhere and was like covered in it. And I'm like, oh, no. all right. So, you know, get him off. <laughs> like, And so I think just allowing yourself to adapt, really, just mm. like giving yourself permission that, okay, this is the goal, right? We're going to aim for this beautiful perfect meal, but then you walk in and crap hits the fan. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Literally to adapt and make those changes as necessary. Right? Like we obviously have these, the best that we want to do, but it's okay because sometimes your best might be here. And that's, you know, um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Well, because like I think that I think that's such an important point to mention is being able to adapt to that because waving your perfectionism all or nothing flag when you walk in and there's dog shit on the ceiling and the kids are like overflowed the bathtub and husbands asleep on the couch and it's like fat loss is probably the last thing you're thinking about then how in how to adapt that you know. But I think also for me one thing that um, helped me realize is that one day isn't going to make or break, right? If we have to fall off of plan off of the plan for one day or just segue over because of we've got to deal with this immediate situation, just get back on track, you know, um, and find a time that works for you. If you finish all, if you get through the chaos and it's the end of the day and you still haven't worked out, just something is better than nothing. And sometimes nothing is okay. Sometimes that nothing is better. It's better to go to sleep, you know, and go get rest. Um, there's nothing wrong. Just the important thing is to remember to just get back on track um, and just keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, 
like it's a, an Ed Milet quote is like, there's just don't, don't quit for just one more day. Cause I think, cause that, that's when people fall off, right? That's when people are like, fuck it. This isn't working. It's not worth it. There's no way this is going to work. Like I get you're frustrated, but don't throw in the towel till like for one more day. And then the next day will be better. And if it's not better, don't quit for one more day. Like, I think, I think a lot of times we look at things through the lens of the, the terrible days and we think like life is just going to be like that. But you know, so there's always dawn after, after, after night, right? There's always going to be a better day. You know, winter doesn't come after winter again. Like there's always spring right around the corner. But I think too many people let, I think it goes back to a context thing. A lot of people think truly that that one day absolutely ruined their, their goals, that it ruined everything. But if you take a picture at you know, like when you got off work that night, took a progress picture and then woke up the next day, took another one, you look the exact same, like nothing bad happened. Yeah. Well, and I think if you also put into perspective when you're with your kids, right, when you first have a baby, you're going to have days with that baby where you're like, this is the worst day, like it's never going to get better. And then all of a sudden that baby gets a little bit like he just keeps doing what he's doing and it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. That terrible day doesn't last forever. Sure. It, Everyone grows, everyone gets better. Um, so you just got to keep going. Yeah. I think a lot of people, and I'd love if you touch on this a little bit, like, like I think people forget to control just whatever's in their control. Cause let's say you, let's say someone has a string of bad days. Let's say the kid is going through some medical stuff, or let's say it's the kids going through medical stuff, overtime at work, husbands, uh, overtime at work too, all, just all the crazy stuff. The dog's sick. It's just like life is just beating someone up. Um, I think a lot of people still forget how much they can keep their head above water when you, even if you just stop when you're, it's something like stop when you're full, still drinking water, um, choosing not to say fuck it and just go ham on the pantry. I think a lot of people forget how much progress they can make with just controlling the one or two things that are still in the pocket that are still in their control. Yep, for sure. And like taking work, still working on that mental side when the stress is high, you know, taking that time for journaling. Maybe you can't get to the gym, but sit down for five minutes and just journal and get that that mental diarrhea out. Um, <laughs> and even if like you have to go out to eat or whatever, just consciously make a better choice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're not able to cook at home or whatever, like let's get a protein, let's get a plant and let's have something fun, you know, but it's okay. It's okay. I think the a really big theme with that's kind of coming out in this conversation is it's just like, I think we just need to drop so much of the pressure. I think a lot of like the moms I talk to and that we see inside the coaching program in, in the community um, and just the stories that we're thinking about, like when, like we're describing these situations, it just, I think there's, there's too much pressure and too much expectation. I think it's like, for like, sure. it's like, I think that's for the average human, let alone all the super moms, you know what I mean? The, the, the busy mom that's juggling everything that feels like she can't keep up. Like, I think that this whole pressure conversation is there for like the average person that doesn't have all the stress in life. But, um, I think, I think a, a big piece of this is we have to just take a step back, let loose some of the, some of the pressure and almost lower some of these expectations, which almost sounds ass backwards from like a, what's popular online right now. Right. Yeah. No, lowering your like expectations and your standards in that way is super, it's life changing. Being able to like get out of this box that you feel like you have to be in and just allowing yourself to have bad days or hard days or, you know, um, just allow yourself to not be perfect because you're not going to be. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, bringing back Ed Milet again, I was at a, a seminar with him teaching and it actually was like a little triggering when I first heard him say it because I prided myself on being this, but he said, perfectionism is the laziest of all standards. And then everyone, he just let that one simmer and everyone's like, what? Cause this was like a room of nothing, but like entrepreneurs and high achievers. And I'm like, what the fuck? I work so hard to be perfect and to have everything in line. And he said, no, no, no. Perfectionism is the laziest of all standard. Cause it's the one, you know, you can't reach cause you're a human. And everyone went, Oh, that hurt a little bit. But I think it's a big piece of this is like, is we got to just stop striving for, for perfection and just striving for making progress in the most sustainable way possible. And then ironically, that's what will create the most success in our lives in general, you know? Right. Well, if you're like a perfectionist, you're actually like an imperfectionist because all you're focused on are your shortcomings. You're not focused on your wins. You're just focusing on, well, what did I not do perfect? Um, which is not you need to focus on those wins, not what you did perfect. We, I mean, we, we talk about it a lot, like inside coaching that like the reticular activating system and what we think about usually becomes about, and our focus is so important. And I think so many people in that place, they feel like life is how to get them and life never cuts them a break, but it's because all they're doing is focusing on what they fucked up with. So then the brain is just like, I'm going to show you how horrible life is going to treat you and anything good. I'm just going to hide from you because you don't think it's important. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a huge dichotomy. So for sure, for sure. I think really like intentionally thinking about your wins. It's, it's hard. It's so much easier to think, to talk about the things that sucked in the day. Right. Um, but one thing that we, we don't do it as much anymore, which we need to get back on track. But, um, we used to do as a family was to say three good things that happened every day, because it's so much harder to think of the good and the wins than it is to be like, well, oh my gosh, you won't even believe I went to the gas station, yada, yada, like (laughs) all these terrible things that happened, but to like consciously think about the three good things that happened, um, today. So you're focused on that positive. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Tony Robbins that talked about it when I first heard it, that you cannot be in a grateful state and experience all the other shitty emotions. Right. I know and some people might be saying that's, that's like in the frou-frou land, but I mean, honest to God, if, if you, if you choose to go out of your way, it's why I have gratitude like tattooed on my arm um, is because if you one, if, if you never operate in a, in a grateful state, it does, nothing will ever be enough because your brain will, like you could get a million dollars and your brain will be like, well, I should have got two million. Well, I had to pay taxes on the million, so it's fucking stupid. It's like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Um, but when you're in a grateful state, in a truly grateful state, it, you in that moment cannot actually experience all the other emotions, which is really powerful. So I love that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What are, um, are there anything else like, like for, from a, a tactical standpoint that off the top of your head that, that like the busy, crazy moms that have just all the things going on who are really trying to get in check can implement or, or where they're going wrong. Is there anything else off the top of your head that, you know, other than we're talking about releasing some of the pressure and expectation, we're talking about just own what's in your control and, and honestly, like let go of what's not, um, starting with just one or two things that's actually doable that has not that big of a deal. Like it's got an ROI, like walking, but it's not this overwhelming thing. Is there anything else off the top of your head that, that you'd want to add to that? I think just love yourself and remind yourself why you're awesome. You know, uh, I'll go through at our meetings and just ask everyone, like, why are you awesome? And it throws everyone off, but it can be the littlest thing. Like, I'm awesome because I didn't snooze my alarm today 50 times, right? Like I got up when I was supposed to, but just remind yourself that you're doing awesome um, and that you can do it. And 
you're limitless. You know, you don't have, you're not defined by limitations. No, for sure. Well, that, that, that plays a lot of roles a little bit deeper because, um, our brain goes to work unconsciously to find answers to the questions we ask it because a lot of people may sit here and, and listen to that and say like, well, that's, well, I don't have anything. I'm not awesome. Like, if you can't find anything, we've got some problems. You've got way bigger problems ahead than just weight loss. And we need to figure out, we need to figure out where that, I would just, just say it's self-deprecating behavior is coming from because if we're trying to lose weight in that place, we have to fix that first because no weight loss will be enough. You know what I mean? Because usually the the people in that place, they're like, I'll be happy when I lose the weight. I'll love myself when I lose the 20 pounds. But you and I both know that just never happens. So Right. You need to love yourself with where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's from your from your perspective, um, for someone who doesn't love themselves, where where can someone start with that? Because that that by itself is its own journey, right? Like um, I'm not oh, saying we're just sure. gonna sit here and just say, like, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm awesome and throw some affirmations and all of a sudden my issues are going to be resolved. But from your perspective, where do you think people can start with who'd say, you know, Sydney, I don't love myself. So like, where do I even start with that? I think just consciously looking for the things that you can love. You know, if you don't love the size of your body, well, I have beautiful eyes or, you know, I am a very, I am this kind of person or, you know, people think this of me and that's what I love. And just consciously, it's going to take a lot of work at first, right? Especially if you don't feel that way, but just talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. You say that there is, um, I think it was, I can't remember which psychologist said it. He said, you can talk to yourself, but you can't listen to yourself. Cause if we just listen to ourselves, I'm a piece of shit. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Whatever. He said, you can talk to yourself. No, I am good enough because of this. You know what? I do appreciate this about myself. You know, I do care. I do whatever. You just can't always listen to yourself whenever that old voice is you're never going to let you win. Um, yeah. Because I think, I think a big reason people struggle with this conversation so much is they think they're just body fat and muscles, right? It's because you, you, because you have 40 pounds you want to lose. You're the worst piece of shit and you might as well just like, you're like be on the list of the worst people to ever live. But, it, but it's one of those things where, uh, my favorite analogy that we talk about in coaching a lot is, um, if you had like this, the beautiful mansion, like the mansion, everyone wants, but the bathroom was the color you didn't want. It's got like 17 bathrooms in it. It's like a $30 million mansion. It's a beautiful home. It's art everywhere. It's just amazing. But the basement in the very bottom was like pink. And you're like, I'm not, you know what? Burn this motherfucker to the ground. I don't want it all. It's like, that's not practical. Just because someone has 20, 30 pounds, just because they don't love their body yet, or they don't love the, I should say they love the way it looks yet doesn't mean we need to just throw everything out the window. I see way too many people um, doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. I um, I had a thought while you were saying the foundation and now I don't remember. <laughs> well, because uh, maybe, maybe it comes back to me, I'll just jump okay, in. <laughs> just straight up interrupt me. Well, because I think a lot of people forget that because I, I would get this a lot whenever I first started teaching about this kind of stuff and people would say, Jared, how I, I can't think of any single thing I, I love about myself. And I go, okay, like stop pretending your body fat and muscles. I go, do you have two eyes? They go, yeah. Would you rather be a Cyclops? Well, no. Okay. So are you thankful that your two eyes fucking work? Well, yeah. Well, what about the fact that they're in the perfect place on your head where if any higher, they would look weird. Any lower, you'd have the hugest forehead. Any closer, you'd look weird. The fact that your eyes are in the perfect spot on your head. Are you happy about that? Or do you wish you, you know, look like an alien? Well, no, I guess I cool. That's good. That's good. Okay, cool. Do you have hair? Cool. How long is it? 
I'm about to my shoulders. Oh, would you rather be bald? Would you rather go through chemo and have all your hair lost? Well, no. Oh, so are you grateful for the aesthetic that you have hair? Well, yeah, I guess so. Okay, cool. What else? I, I asked this, uh, I had a coaching call with a girl one time and I, and she was in this situation. I go, what's something about your appearance that you appreciate? She's like, I'm not going to lie. My tits are pretty awesome. I go, <laughs> there you fucking go. She goes, I don't like my belly though. I go, we're not talking about your belly. What? Like it's okay. It's okay. And I think people need to realize it's okay to love yourself, but also want to work on yourself. It's why you get Oh, a, for a, sure. I, I, I think it's, if people think those are mutually exclusive. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think you're so much more than body fat and you're so much more than that body fat and bones, right? You're right. When you die, well, I think- you don't want people to be like, well, she was cool, but she could have lost 40 pounds. Right. Like literally no <laughs> one's going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I think uh, a lot of, uh, I think because of the stigmas in the, in the, in diet culture with women specifically, they think they have to hate themselves and everything about them to change. But you don't do that with your, with your hair, right? Like when you go get, when, when a woman goes and gets her hair color or gets her hair cut, she goes, I like it. I would like it a little bit better red or brown or cut or curled or whatever, but you don't go, I hate my fucking head, shave it all off. Like, but that's why I've always said, if you take the same ideologies and mentalities you have in weight loss to real life, you wouldn't last 24 hours. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think people need to realize that the tip of the iceberg with this is like learning to to teach your brain to appreciate your body, even if you don't love everything about it yet, is we need to start somewhere. Maybe, you know, I guess I am pretty stoked that, you know, I don't have a potato growing out my head. I guess I am pretty excited that I have thick, full hair. I am excited that my nose is in the perfect spot. I don't have a huge nose. I don't have a tiny nose. I have the perfect nose because over time, your brain will start going, oh, I thought we hated ourselves. You know what? Maybe, you know what? I guess I don't look terrible today. You know what? I actually think I look pretty good today, even though I'm still trying to lose weight. And all it's doing is starting the momentum in the world of appreciating yourself more, which does profound things in the world of weight loss. Absolutely. And it's always so hard and awkward at first, but it does get easier and it just becomes routine and normal. And having those like negative thoughts, you're almost like, what? Like it just feels so weird once you're like in this good, good space. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to, uh, everyone as a whole needs to do a better job of just being there for that. I think we live in a place of if, if it feels awkward, it's wrong, but, mm-hmm. but, but like the whole point is it's, it's supposed to feel awkward. If you've, if you're doing the same things you've always done, feeling the same emotions you've always felt, you're going to continue to get the results you've always got. So I think we need to really embrace the world of doing the uncomfortable things and being okay with being uncomfortable. So, yep. I love it. Get out of your comfort zones. Yep, hundred percent. Fuck, I can't believe it's been forty-five minutes already. This is absurd. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts for all the busy mamas out there um, when it comes to managing all of this stuff? Just know you can do it, and it's okay to take time for yourself because mm-hmm. you need it. And whatever you're doing, you're kicking ass. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we will be sure to put. Um, put um, all Sydney stuff in the show notes. Do you, uh, do you want to give people where they can follow you on Instagram and all that kind of stuff? Or what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I am on Instagram. It's at Sydney underscore Coombe. Uh, but my name spelled all crazy, right? <laughs> so that's S Y D 
N-E-E underscore C-O-O-M-B-E. I remember the first time I, I'm like, is that Kumbi or Kombi? Or like, I know. What the fuck is it's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. And people always like add an S at the end in their brain. So Coombs, Combs. That's funny. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes. And then for those <laughs> listening, um, if this story resonates with you, with you and you want to see about the possibility of working with Sydney because she is part of the team, um, definitely fill out the application link. I'll talk, I, I touch on that a little bit more in the exit of uh, the of this interview, but um, there's definitely a link down there f- um, to hop on the phone with our coaching staff team to see if coaching's a good fit for you um, and where you know, this resonated, you could totally see about the possibility of working with Sydney. So um, otherwise, everyone, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sydney, for hopping on. I appreciate it. Thanks for Um, having me. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. (laughs) I love it. I'll talk to everyone soon. (laughs) Bye. And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking around for the entire episode today. Um, like I said, I couldn't believe him. I looked down, it's like been 45 minutes already, which is crazy. But I know if you stuck around this long, I know you got a lot of value out of this. I'm telling you, take the one or two things that we got into, pick one of them and just run with it. Because again, you don't have to be this crazy psychopath or do unsustainable stuff just to lose weight, especially if you are a busy mom. So if all this resonated with you, do me a favor and please review the podcast and subscribe. But more importantly, will you please share this with somebody. Um, Yes, the reviews are great. Yes, subscribing helps. But what really helps me the most and helps the show and helps everyone else is if you share this, whether that be just sending it to a friend that you thought about like another busy mom, or if a person came to mind, send that to them um, or post it on your story, things like that. It means a ton. We put a lot of time, effort, time, effort, energy, and money into the show. And it would mean a ton if you shared it. Um, Now I have a lot of stuff in the description for you. If you, like I just mentioned at the very tail end there, if you are a busy mom and you are really struggling and you're like, man, I would love to work with someone who not only is knowledgeable about this stuff, about weight loss, about transformation the right way, sustainable weight loss, but who has also been there before, who has kids, who has a busy life, who gets it. I'm telling you, you should absolutely apply for coaching and you can request Sydney. I know if you listen to her on here, you've got a a good idea of the vibe of energy she is and who she is and things like that. So be sure um, if that's something that's up your alley and you want to see about the possibility and see about what kind of options we have as far as coaching, definitely go hit the link below and schedule your call. Because before we ever coach anybody, we always have an application call because number one, we only work with people we know we can help. And number two, we have to make sure coaching is a good fit on both sides. But if it is a good fit, because you are coming from the podcast, um, I like to incentivize that because I really, really appreciate you guys here because it's a lot to sit down and listen to like 45, 60 minute episodes. So for those who get accepted into coaching from the podcast, I'm giving away about $4,000 worth of stuff totally for free, which is pretty dope. Now, if um, aside from coaching, if you are new here and you're like, I just don't even know where to start. I don't know anything about like the right way to lose weight. I've been struggling. I don't even know where to get going with this. I have my free course down here. It's called the fat loss checklist. Um, you can go through it totally for free. It's a five day email course. It's going to make weight loss so simple for you and really get you on the right path. Um, you could also join my fat loss Facebook group because I think everyone needs a home base uh, where you can go to, to get training, to get help, to get resources and to get love done by other people where you you are not alone. So you can go join Fat Loss Simplified down there as well. And there is the other links to the rest of my socials and things like that. Like if you're not following me on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, the whole podcast interview is on YouTube if you'd rather watch your episodes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Otherwise, I appreciate you sticking around. I love you and I will talk to you next time. Bye.